This episode of Star Wars Tonight is brought to you by Geek Fuel. They ship out a mystery box for geeks and gamers each month. Get your free bonus Star Wars item with your first box, at least $10 value, at geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. That's geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. Coming up on episode 32 of Star Wars Tonight, we're here to talk about an interesting piece about Rogue One and why we might should be more excited about it than episode 8. Let's talk about it right now. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Star Wars tonight. Uh, it is Tuesday. We are here for you on this dreaded day of national crisis. Uh, it's election day, but we're not talking about any of that. We're here to talk about Star Wars, and we're going to talk about it, well, right now. Mm, mm. It's good to be back. Good to be back. It's so much fun doing this every night. Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm Riley Blanton. I'm your host for today's podcast. We got so much to talk about uh, tonight. So welcome, welcome. And uh, I'm not going to waste time. Let's bring in good friend of the show. And you, you recognize him from the grand countdown to The Force Awakens on this very program last year. And he's making his 2016 debut of Geek Out Loud. It's Mr. Steve Glosson. How's it going, Steve? It's going well. Thanks for having me on. I'll try to keep it to the 30-minute time limit. Oh, we, we try. We, we, or is it 15 minutes? What is it? Uh, no, it's, it's 30. I, we gave up on that long ago, and thanks to you and Scott Rifen. Um, <laughs> I blame Scott. Yeah, just, just take turns. Yeah, exactly. No, man, uh, I'm very excited to, to be here and to, uh, to be talking some Rogue One. It's interesting because the difference between Star Wars Tonight this year and last year, besides starting earlier and having even more hosts uh, coming in, uh, is, of course, the, I find myself that the news cycle is very diversified across all the upcoming Star Wars projects. Whenever I'm hunting down, hunting down stories and what people are talking about every day, it might be the Han Solo movie, it might be some Episode Eight. But we are kind of coming home today. We're going to talk some Rogue One. There's this piece uh, in Nerdist that, uh, that I saw this morning that I wanted to kind of uh, get your thoughts on, Steve. And it's, it's mm. entitled, it's by Kyle Anderson. It's entitled, Why Everyone Should Be Way More Excited for Rogue One. And I think he's addressing something that we've talked about on the program this, this week and last week as we started. And that is Rogue One feels different from everyone I've talked to. It just kind of feels different and, frankly, not as big as as the force awakens kyle points out some an interesting thought he's really excited to get a star wars film not just because it's a spinoff film but because it's not tied to the storytelling tropes of sorts to the skywalker lineage so i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on 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 first of all overall rogue one and and of course the fact that as a spinoff film it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with the skywalkers well, I think that that was part of the whole spinoff film idea is let's do these movies that are on the they're, – they're Star Wars stories, but they're not part of the grand saga as a whole. Um, I don't, I'm, I've kind of perused this and kind of hit the high points uh, since we – since before we got started. And I just have to be honest and and just kind of say that I feel like Mr. And Mr. Anderson is um, – is, I don't know. He's kind of stating some obvious things, I guess, um, and and some things that I kind of take umbrage with. 
because one of the things he talks about is that we know the outcome of this. And he, let me quote, one, we ultimately know the outcome since the events lead directly into a new hope. This is, I think, precisely why it's such an exciting prospect. Now, as someone who lived through the prequel era, all I kept hearing was, we know how it's going to end. It's got it's one of the problems because you there's no stakes. There's no risk. There's blah, blah, blah. Yakety smack. And it's like, so I, I just wonder if he was someone who was saying that back in the day or not. I'm not accusing him of being someone who says that. And I'm not trying to come on and start to start a fight with Mr. Anderson. <laughs> but um, but I also I also feel like that there is something different about this film. And it's different in that it's not a saga film. And I think that's the point. And I don't know that the hype machine isn't there because it's not episode seven. Episode seven was this thing that no one ever thought would happen. Um, there weren't even whispers of it until the day of the sale to Disney. I mean, I was whispering about it, you know, but, <laughs> but by and large fandom have just said, no, that's it. Now it's an animated series. Maybe this live action series, you know, that's on the shelf right now. And maybe it's, you know, but it won't be, we'll never see episode seven, eight, and nine. We have the expanded universe for that. And, um, and so the fact that they were bringing Star Wars back around, and also Disney had to hype beyond hype this film. It was a $4 billion investment, really, and everything hinged on this one film. And, and, and when you, and, and I think that's what history will tell us is that for Disney's $4 billion investment, that everything hinged on this film doing well and setting the tone for the rest of the Star Wars saga that they would provide and the stories that they would provide. When and and I, it's the same kind of it's a similar situation to what what Marvel has done leading up mainly to the first Avengers movie. You know, I don't know that there's been hype like that first Avengers movie since that Avengers movie because yeah. everything kind of hinged on that working well to continue forward. So I, I think, I think that's kind of been the low key, what we would consider low key rollout because looking at how things were done last year. Yeah. It, it's been kind of lower key than it was, but at the same time, I, I feel like there's tons of excitement about it from the people you talk to in the community, at least. Do you think that the fact that it has less hype and maybe a little bit less like online fervor as, as the, as the author points out, that gives it an advantage, gives Rogue One an advantage in theaters if it's sort of like, can a Star Wars movie be a surprise hit? I think that part of the intelligence of the marketing system at Disney is this, that they have managed expectations. Um, everything from allowing the leak that there were massive reshoots done to, to you know, what do we, we've got four, three, four trailers, if you count, depending on how you count them. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and they and they seem to come very late in the cycle compared to what we got with The Force Awakens. And, yeah, I, I think that there's been some management of expectations on the part of Disney because this is going to be such a different thing um, that if they can get everyone to kind of even kill their expectations going in, then what you'll have is a lot of people really hyped going out. Yeah. And yeah. it'll and it'll cause it to be perpetually better. I I also see here he's talking about the visual language that's being used and 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 the visuals being different different. And I I got to be honest with you, one of the things that's gotten everyone so excited 
the cinematography might be a little bit different, but the but the set pieces mm-hmm. are things that are ingrained in Star Wars fans my age and a little bit older. Because these are things we've lived with forever, right down to the color of the TIE fighters, uh, you know, the one Death Star outside of, I mean, the one Star Destroyer outside of the Death Star. Uh, Vader being on screen is a huge, big deal. So I I really, really, really think that most people around my age, you know, my generation of Star Wars fans are really stoked about this, you know, because it is a movie that's going to encapsulate one line of the opening crawl. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, It'll be interesting. I don't know. It's uh, another interesting thing for me about it is I definitely see the, the aspect of the, uh, the film having so many familiar visual elements. Uh, I think it's almost sort of like contrasting from the stuff we saw. In fact, like on the um, TV, we talked about the new TV spot yesterday on yesterday's show and there's this one kind of sweeping shot of the U-wing uh, going over the, uh, the the Palm Beach battle, and it's so it, it's almost odd uh, to see some of the um, scenery in there, uh, but with with all the familiar ships, of course, the Anadat Walker, but going through a beach. Uh, but is but isn't this what Lucas did in all six of his movies? In all six of his films, he introduced us to. New environments, you know, from the first from the first movie, of course, from Star Wars in 77, there was this desert planet of tattooing the whole planet a desert. Then you're on this huge space station that's the size of a small moon. You know, then you're on Yavin 4 and you're like, what are these temples? Even though they look, you know, earthbound, you know, there's this jungle and, they, and there are these sounds coming from out of them. There's all these different things. Then you go to Hoth and Dagobah and Cloud City and then Endor and, you know, and then and then in the prequels, you're at Naboo and you're on Mustafar and Geonosis and uh, and then that one, you know, the one scene of the slaughter of the Jedi, you're just on planet after planet and everything is visually stunning and visually arresting. And that's the one thing that, quite frankly, um, seemed to be lacking in The Force Awakens, Jakku was there, but Jakku felt like something we'd seen Very before. Familiar, right? yeah. The, the, the comparisons to Tatooine were made. Um, even even uh, Takadana. Yeah, and, that's probably the closest know, was, to something new. It, well, what was that? Oh, Takadana. That's, really, that's kind of the closest thing we get to something new, and even that has very strong similarities with like the Kashyyyk. Um, yeah, from Kashyyyk or Indoor. I mean, the thing is, is it doesn't, there was nothing to make it alien, though. Remember, they could have been setting down on the outskirts of a forest in, you know, in Colorado for crying out loud. Just, just the the sequence because I was obviously the first time I watched it, I was just totally blown away and and out of control emotionally because I was watching the Order sixty six sequence. But if right. you think about it, just the visual slideshow of planets that whether it's Cato Nemoidia or Felucia, these just absolutely arresting environments. Mm-hmm. And that's what and that's what we have here in Rogue One, especially particularly. With and I, and I'm and I'm not familiar enough with the planets to start naming them yet, but particularly with the planet that you mentioned, with the palm trees and the beaches and everything, that's something. You know, we saw a beach on Kashyyyk, but nothing like that crystal clear blue water, and you know, and and it was droids coming up out of it, and and this is this has a a different type of environmental feel to it, and I really really think that um, that. Uh, 
that it's just a it's a really special thing that we've got here because I feel, Gareth Edwards and company seem to have their finger in some ways based on the trailers more on the pulse of of kind of the way that George Lucas would set up environments and stuff. So regardless of what the cinematography looks like, um, this has felt very Star Wars all along. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. That's so true. That's so true. I just want to take a quick update. Uh, uh, 17 minutes until the uh, the first polls close. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the, this is an interesting uh, night, uh, but a good night to talk Star Wars. Um, yeah, that's that's so true. And I think I'm. that's probably one of the most things I'm uh, I'm interested in, in not not necessarily Rogue One, because there's so much familiarity with some of the environments and ships and stuff. I really do want to see what... Uh, a, a, I mean, just for lack of a better example, like a Yoda origin story, what planets might be there, something like that. I think it would be really cool because th- we saw a little bit of that in the Clone Wars, but to see that on the big screen, uh, to see all these uh, new environments, that would be amazing. Uh, all right, here's the thing, guys. Uh, Peter Mayhew uh, shouted a lot at Harrison Ford on set, and we have new audio. <laughs> We have, we have new audio, new behind-the-scenes uh, uh, video and audio that's been making the circuit on, on the Internet this week. Uh, and we're going to highlight a little bit of that audio here in just a second, right after I tell you about uh, our sponsor for today's podcast. It's Geek Fuel. They ship out a mystery box for geeks and gamers that has at least one, at least 50, that is, $50 worth of value for 15 bucks plus shipping and handling a month. It's a great deal. And for you... That's right, you listening. If you want your own bonus Star Wars item, be sure to sign up. Check them out. It's geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. Geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. And make sure you uh, sign up to that link to get your free Star Wars item. And we thank Geek Fuel for supporting uh, this week's podcast. All right. It's be huge. They, they fuel all the geeks. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, they the geeks better than the generals do. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it's geekfield.com slash Star Wars Report. Don't. Uh, there's, so many, there's so many political jokes I want to do, but I'm not going to do that with someone who's nice enough to sponsor the show. Uh, it's, it's hard, though. It's hard. All right, so let's just take a listen to this. Well, actually, just for a little bit of context, um, so we've been. Ex- so this is previously unreleased footage, um, and, and, and the clip we're going to play, there's been a bunch of clips floating around. Uh, I don't have it all like right here at my fingertips. But uh, this is um, the gentleman, Jamie, uh, from the Star Wars uh, Restored Project. I tried, what was the name of that project? I want to give him credit. The piece that we have in the show notes, unfortunately, doesn't. But we'll come across it here in a second. Um, but it's, it's brand new footage that's, been, that's come out. And there's this, this, of course, we all know the scene from Empire Strikes Back where Chewbacca's working away. Uh, working his Wookiee butt off, trying to get some airborne, and uh, and Han Solo is ready to roll out. So let's take a listen. Here it is. <laughs> uh, uh, there we go. What? What? Where the hell are you moving? All right, don't lose your temper. I'll come right back and give you a hand. We good? Make my report. Tell him we leave it then. All right. <laughs> I'll tell him. Tell him we're leaving, then. Oh, and I love, I love the guy on set just shouting the lines to make sure that, that he says the right lines, as if Peter Mayhew's line is going... Didn't they know? Yeah, that's Empire. They know he's not going to be using the lines. Right. <laughs> well, he knew in Star Wars, and there's a great bit on, on uh, one of the documentaries, I believe it's the um, 
It's the one that came with the first ever DVD set of the original trilogy. Um, Empire of Dreams, I believe, is what it's called. And uh, <laughs> and and it's in the scene when they're in the Death Star and, and Han goes and kind of leans on Chewie and, Chewie and Mayhew says, that old bloke's out of his mind. And Han, you said it, Chewie. Where'd you dig up that old fossil? Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, but he had to say something for Harrison Ford to play off of. <sighs> yeah. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. It's 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 kind of funny because it's it's basically like what if, <laughs> what if Chewbacca were a like a, a, a drunken, angry Englishman and just screaming. <laughs> no, why's he got to be drunken? He was up on the Falcon Where yelling down. <laughs> Where you go? Tell him we're leaving. Tell he's, him. He's not drunken. He's just <laughs> he's like far that. off. I mean, we, we don't know. <laughs> no. Maybe that's why he burned himself with that thingy, that that whatever he's working with there. Tell him we're leaving then. Ah, it's so true. It's so true. Um, oh, I think I'm. <laughs> I I pulled up the Uprox piece to see if they if they link it, but unfortunately they don't either. So I just have to go off of memory. Suffice to say, that's definitely the case. All right, Steve, we've got two questions for you. Okay. Uh, we do this in with uh, each and every of the guest hosts that we're bringing in and out, and I'm actually going to be putting together like a little holiday project. Uh, so I'm asking the same two questions of each of the folks who come on the show, and, uh, and I'm not warning them. So <laughs> congratulations. Here we go. Um, all right. It's kind of twofold because everyone, here's the preview. Everyone says, it's the community. Mm -hmm. That's the answer. Uh, in fact, Savannah Kiefer was on last night. She had a pretty uh, interesting, uh, interesting answer. But, but enough, enough beating around the bush. To, for Steve Glosson, I, I have two questions. Not in context of how it's impacted you personally, but broadly speaking, as a story, as a mythology, what is it about Star Wars that makes it so special? Wow. I thought we were just only have 30 minutes, Riley. Um, <laughs> and I was going to say, and we've got five minutes left on the show. <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it begins in 1977. I think that it begins with... This was the project that shook up the world in terms of the visuals, in terms of the, even the storytelling. Lucas made what was old new again, right down to the music that he chose to use, you know, by bringing in John Williams and, and leaning heavily on classical music. And this is something that was new and different for the age. And it was also a time, you know, we, it, politically in, in this country, especially where pessimism was pretty high and, and everything in art, and especially the cinematic arts, was kind of a reflection of that. And Lucas gave forth a morality tale, a mythology, a modern mythology for young audiences, for anyone who would be an audience, to be honest with you, but particularly for young audiences, that that uh, that was something like had, had not really been seen. And I think it's something that the world sorely needs now, to be honest with you, because, uh, you know, it's something I'll be talking about on Geek Out Loud soon. Um you know, just something like The Walking Dead, which has swept the swept the world, you know, taking yeah. the world by storm, is such a sadistic show. And there's a masochism that goes along with watching it that it is just like, how brutal can we be and how depressed can we get from watching these shows and, and, and consuming some of this stuff? And people tend to want to go darker and more serious and everything. And Star Wars is all about hope. It's all about it's all about light and good. And, and I think that what makes Star Wars special is that concept is that 
you know, even with return, once you get to return the Jedi, it's a story of redemption. It's the story of someone who's been redeemed beyond all means, you know, beyond all logical sense that here's someone that's redeemed. Even with Revenge of the Sith, um, just something as subtle as the end credits. I remember, I guess it was in the liner notes for the um, for the uh, soundtrack, where I read that George Lucas did not want the Imperial March in those end credits. And in there are moments where you feel like it's about to hit, and then it flicks back around to the throne room or Leia's theme or or the rebellion theme or whatever the case may be, because Lucas wanted even Revenge of the Sith, as dark as it was, to end with the light of hope. And um, and I think that that's what makes these things special is that there is a payoff for for even the struggles you go through as an audience member watching. There'll be a there will be a reward for having to watch Han Solo die. You know, we will we will see good win in the end. And, and I don't know that um, that's a bad thing. You know, I think that that's something that is sorely missed in a, in a lot of art today. And uh, and so I think that's that's one of the things just a small thing. That's such a good example. I, I can't even add anything to that. That's so well put, Steve. Um, and you know what? You gave me a little bit of hope there with the Han Solo death, because I'm clinging to that. <laughs> well, I'm not saying he's coming back, but I'm just saying that there'll be, you know, there'll be some kind of good. Additional meaning. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then for you personally, then, um, how has Star Wars as a franchise impacted you? I, I mean, a podcast, you know, I, I say Star Wars is the foundation of my geekdom. And, um, and it's and it's been this thing that for 39 years plus has been in my life. It's been around. And, you know, I, I can't really think of any day where I haven't come in contact in some way or another with something to do with Star Wars. It, it, and it, just from having it from having toys in my closet to posters on the wall to sitting around and talking about it with friends. Um it's a it's a warm blanket. It's become you know almost like comfort food. If I'm having a bad day, I put in Jedi, you know, because I want a happy ending. If I if I've just got something going on and and I just need to escape, I put in Star Wars, and I just you know I'm able to be lost in it. It's and it is it is the foundation of who I am as a geek, and it's been a great barometer for how I gauge other entertainment as well. And I and I think that it is the standard by which most entertainment should be judged by because I don't know that anything has come along that has so completely impacted culture in the way that it has. There've been passing fads. Yep. There've been, you know, there've been things that have been kicks. I, I think the closest thing that's come to it has been Harry Potter. Harry Potter is, and even it was a different animal, you know, because it began in those novels and, and everything. It's not a, it's not a cinematic work that kind of can stand on its own that you know you had to immerse yourself in that world before you ever saw a movie but i think that's the closest thing that comes to it is 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 the idea of harry potter and what it means to people but you look at the, some of the themes and some of the ideas they're there in harry potter um and you end with hope you end with good you end on a good note and um and that's kind of you know and so i guess i guess that's how it's impacted me really is just to kind of be that foundation of geekdom for my life. Well said, sir. Well said. Uh, and I didn't want to say anything about the community. Oh, <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, that is a big part of it for all of us, but you just added a, a whole nother uh, layer to it. So I'm, and I'm very excited to, to really kind of get a wide representation of, of everyone's perspective on this question as we keep going. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that does bring this episode of star Wars tonight to a close.
Steve, thanks so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Everyone go to geekoutpodcast.com to have more of me. Absolutely. Geekoutpodcast.com. Steve is the host of Geek Out Loud, uh, the absolute best uh, geek podcast out there. Seriously. So go listen to it. You're going to make some of your other guests mad. (laughs) Well, I tell the truth, sir. You know, I tell it like it is. All right. I'm going to be listening and see if you go. Geekdom great again. That's what I'm saying. I'll send you the check. (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Steve can be found on Twitter as well, at Steve Gloss. And we'll have all the links in the show notes for this episode 32 of Star Wars Tonight. Uh, And uh, we had a little bit of a problem with the stream tonight, but we will be back. If you're listening to the podcast version, we'll be back tonight again, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, The Wednesday show. I have to look at my count. The Wednesday show, we've got uh, Mark Newbold live on location. Uh, from the vicinity of Rancho Obi-Wan. I don't know if he'll actually be there. If he's not, I'm going to tell him to like just drive in and give us a tour. <laughs> like a Skype call in. Uh, but And you can catch him and Mark Herlman will be capping off the week this Thursday. Super thanks to everyone who's supporting this show on Patreon. You can also do so at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That's where you can directly support us and get the bonus Friday edition of this very podcast. And, of course, thanks to our sponsor for today's podcast, Geek Fuel. Make sure you check them out at geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. That puts this episode in the can. We'll see you guys later. This has been Riley Blanton, and Steve Glosson. May the Force be with you. for listening to Star Wars Tonight. Remember, the opinions expressed in this podcast do not represent those of Star Wars Tonight, the Star Wars Report, Disney, Lucasfilm, LucasArts, Marvel, uh, Skywalker Sound, Industrial Light and Magic, and Pixar. Just so you know. Also, don't play hide-and-seek with Boba Fett. You'll lose every time. That's the new shtick. (laughs) I gotta have one. Uh, Steve, awesome, as always. As always. Thank you, sir.